Welcome to Talk Save, Culture Talks, the podcast of Paradisec, the Pacific and Regional Archive for Digital Sources in Endangered Cultures. I'm Jody Kell. And I'm Stephen Gagao. These are conversations with people who have personal and cultural connections to the languages and music in our archive. Jeff Siegel is a professor of linguistics at the University of New England in New South Wales, where he teaches sociolinguistic studies of language and education. His research interests focus on contact-induced language change, especially in pidgin and creole languages, new dialects and varieties in the Asia-Pacific region. In the 1970s, he carried out fieldwork in Fiji for his PhD research on the plantation languages of Fiji. Jeff deposited his collection of audio recordings into the Paradisec archive. These recordings make up the JS2 collection that includes Fiji Hindi, which is the focus of this podcast episode. The JS2 collection relates to the history of plantations in Fiji and the indentured labour system that operated there and in other British colonies. After the abolishment of the Slavery Act in 1834, the British used the indentured labour system to create five-year contracts sending Indian labour to other British colonies. Between 1879 and 1916, there were about 60,000 Indians transported to Fiji, mostly to work on sugar plantations. These people who made the voyage there were known as the Germities, which comes from the English word agreement. The company that facilitated this transition is a well-known Australian company, the Colonial Sugar Refinery. CSR had a huge impact on the Fiji economy and was instrumental in shaping the cultural identity of Fiji. In this episode, we connect with Prash Krishnan, who has a personal and cultural connection with the JS2 collection. Prash is a member of the Fiji Hindi community here in Sydney, who came to work at Paradisec in 2019. It was at this time that he discovered the collection, shedding light on his linguistic and cultural history. As a descendant of the Gremitius, the conversation with Jeff has prompted Prash to reflect on his self-identity through a greater understanding of the origins of the language he speaks. As an Indo-Fijian born in Australia, I've always felt a disconnect with my Gremitia heritage. Over the past few years, I've been on this journey to try and reconnect. My first real breakthrough was discovering the JS2 collection, and then getting the opportunity to talk to Jeff has really helped me better understand my feelings towards the Fiji Hindi language and my connection with the Gurmithias. Hi, uh, Prash and Jeff, welcome to Talk Save podcast. Um, we're very excited to have you both here. For our listeners, in case you're wondering, we're actually in different places uh, working through Zoom due to the COVID restrictions. So this is our first time to do a Zoom interview, but we're pretty excited. And so today we get to uh, 
dig into this collection and uh, the fascinating um, history of the Fiji Hindi language that it contains. And I'm going to hand over to Prash for our first questions. Jeff, can you start off by telling us about the process of the journey to Fiji? Right. Um, well, with the beginning of the indentured system, you had people who went around to villages and tried to recruit people. These were the Akatis. And uh, I think that there were a lot of abuses in the system, and there's lots of stories where people are tricked or misled into signing up. But I think in the vast majority of the cases, people knew what they were doing. Uh, there was a lot of poverty. Um, people wanted to get away. People had sometimes disputes within the villages and they wanted to get away from them. And it was seen as an opportunity. So Prash, how did you feel when you came across Jeff's collection? I'd, I'd always read a lot about the Gurmitias, but I never really felt an immediate connection to it before listening to the JS2 collection. Actually hearing someone speak and talk in Fiji Hindi and tell me about their experiences. And in some of the recordings, you can hear a bowl of, of kava being poured or a cup of tea being poured in it. That for me was, it was almost overwhelming. I think, I think I was crying a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, yes, it was emotional. Yeah, amazing. The following song is performed by Nanu from the JS2 collection. अरे ठटरिया छोड़ के चले बनी जारा ठटरिया भाई छोड़ के चले जीव प्यारा ठटरिया छोड़ के चले बनी जारा यही ठटरी महबाग बगई चा यही ठटरी महबाग बगई चा यही महे रखवारा ठटरिया छोड़ के चले बनी जारा ठटरिया छोड़ के अरे छोड़ के चले बनी जारा ठटरिया छोड़ के चले जीव प्यारा ठटरिया छोड़ यही ठटरी माँ हीरा मोती यही ठटरी माँ हीरा मोती अरे यही में परखन वाला ठटरिया छोड़ के Now, Jeff, tell us more about the language. How did Fiji Hindi begin? Oh, that's that's the question. <laughs> that was my PhD. Um, well, it's, here's the picture that we built up slowly. Um, first of all, people came from many, many different dialect areas of India. So Hindi, the Hindi language is uh, what we call a dialect continuum. So if you start, let's say, in the east, and you move west, well, people will understand people in the next village, and then people will understand people in the next village, and people will understand in the next village. But by the time you get to the far west, people really won't be able to understand the people in the far east, even though we say that they're all speaking Hindi. So there's a lot of dialects and a lot of differences. So people came, first of all, from many different dialect areas. And in the most part, they could understand each other and they continued speaking their own dialects. 
So that was the first ingredient, all these different dialects. Then you had um, the European overseers who were required by CSR and by the government to learn Hindi and speak to the laborers in Hindi. They didn't want the laborers to learn English. So a lot of these overseers spoke not very good Hindi, a kind of learner's Hindi. So that was another ingredient. And then you got um, about 25 years into the indentured system, you started getting people from the south of India, from Madras area. And there Hindi wasn't spoken and people had no, no Hindi at all. And they quickly had to learn Hindi when they got to the plantations. So they spoke a kind of pidgin Hindi, a very broken Hindi that that stabilized into a kind of pigeon. So through a mixture of all these things, all these different types of Hindi, the different dialects, the kind of broken Hindi, kids were born into this atmosphere, into this environment. And basically they picked and chose different aspects. So what you have with the first generation of the, the Fiji born is you have Fiji Hindi emerging. So it has a mixture of features of a lot of different dialects, mostly Eastern Uttar Pradesh dialects, not really Bihari ones. Um, and some of those dialects, the most prominent is called Audi. And then you also have sort of this pidgin Hindustani that was spoken by the, the South Indians, the Madrasis and the laborers. And all this got mixed together, and the, the result was uh, was Fiji Hindi. Hey, Prash, can you just um, can you fill us in on your connection to these recordings and um, yeah, your your story uh, and your connection with Fiji Hindi? Yeah, so I'm a descendant of the Gurmitias. My great grandfather was brought over from South India, not too sure where exactly. And um, my family, we've had an operational sugarcane farm right up until about the early 2000s in Nandi. Growing up, I didn't really learn about the Gimitias. You know, we never really spoke about it. Uh, and I've always wondered, like, why I couldn't communicate to other Indians. I'm almost embarrassed speaking it. Yeah, well, I've been in India too, and when I talk to people, the first thing they say um, is, "Oh, you 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 must be from Bihar, from the from the east somewhere." So they recognize uh, some of these dialect features, and most of those are um, like lexical difference, different vocabulary, and some pronunciation differences. Um, but also, a lot of the complexities of standard Hindi have been lost. So standard Hindi has a gender system like French or, or German, where there's masculine nouns and feminine nouns, etc. That's been almost completely lost from in Fiji Hindi. Um, so when people are speaking Fiji Hindi, it sounds ungrammatical to standard Hindi speakers. And that's one reason they look down on it. Not every language has gender. Well, English doesn't have gender, you know, so English isn't uh, any deficient language. Um, 
And also a lot of the people in India, I must say, are very snobbish about language. And they've come, they've come to Fiji and they'd say, well, why do you speak this rubbish language? It's incorrect language. And they don't realize it's, it's a legitimate language that has its own rules and its own vocabulary. And it's just different from standard Hindi. It's not deficient in any way. But I think a lot of Fiji Indians have gotten this inferiority complex about their language. Uh, instead of saying, oh, this is the way we speak here. This is Fiji. It's not India. They think, oh, we better learn how to speak more, uh, more properly. What makes it a language? Like who decides, how, how is it decided that Fiji Hindi is a language? Like if the Indian people are not accepting it, like where, where, where are the bounds between a pidgin and a full separate language? I know that's probably a tricky question. <laughs> you got an hour or two? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a famous quote, I think it was George Bernard Shaw who said that, um, uh, a language is a dialect that has an army and a navy. Fiji Hindi isn't a pidgin. Uh, a pidgin language is a language that no one speaks as their mother tongue. And it's very simplified compared to the language where the vocabulary comes from. And it's only used for very restricted purposes. So Fiji Hindi is not a pidgin, even though there's a pidgin Hindustani, which is a different language again. So Fiji Hindi has its own grammatical rules, and it's just as complex as any other any other language. In Suriname, they've declared their variety of um, Girbitia Hindi, overseas Hindi, they've made it into a separate language. They call it Sarnami, which is based on the word Suriname. They say it's only spoken in this country, it's not spoken in India. They have dictionaries, people are writing stories in it, etc. So that's a case where you have decided that, yeah, this is a separate language. So it's kind of a political decision <laughs> that you make. <laughs> We'd now like to play you an excerpt translated from the JS2 collection. <laughs> One day this doctor came from India, around the time of Diwali. I was going by the road when I came across a couple of Fijian and Indian brothers sitting around drinking kava. My friend spots me and yells out, I reply, Bula, then, I hope everything's all right. I hope everything's all right. The Indian doctor turns to me and says, Aren't you embarrassed? Not speaking in proper Hindi? I replied, You're right, doctor. I was embarrassed. First, I said, Bula. Why? Because my friend was Fijian. Next to my Indian brother, I said, Kesahe. And then lastly, in the language that we use here today, English. So in that conversation, I use three languages. It's how we say a multiracial language. So when I first came across JS2, I really noticed that the language has really changed from back in the 70s to the way I speak it at home now. I think we use a lot more English loan words. 
What's what's the future for Fiji Hindi? <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, the future doesn't look good if you look at the other colonies. So you have uh, other colonies that had indentured labor. So the biggest ones were Mauritius and Natal in South Africa, um, Trinidad and Guyana and Suriname. So th those were the, the countries. If you look at the ones who had the indenture labor system the longest going back to the 1830s, that was Mauritius and um, Trinidad um, and Guyana, those three countries. Their versions of Hindi are, are dead. But I don't think, maybe there's one or two old people who speak it, but basically I've been to two of those countries. I couldn't find anyone that could speak Hindi. So if you look at what happened to these other colonies or ex-colonies, does the future doesn't look good. Also, I think I mentioned before, is this attitude in Fiji, even amongst Fiji Indians, that Fiji Hindi is a rubbish language and they're always correcting people and saying you should speak proper Hindi. That's leading to the death of Hindi in Fiji, I think. So, Prash, for you as an Australian Fiji Indian speaking Fiji Hindi here, how, like, how does that make you feel about your family background and your language to think it might disappear in Fiji? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great shame because I think my goal would be to try to convince some of the younger generation to open a dialogue with their parents and grandparents and talk about the Gidmitias and actually have, have a bit more pride in the language. I think it was built on a lot of hard work and sacrifice. And it's a shame that if it does die out, I think the story of the Gidmitias will die out too. Thank you, Jeff, for participating in this podcast and Prash for your input as a Fiji Hindi community member and guest producer. It has been a special pleasure for Jody and I to work with you as producers of Talk Save Culture Talks. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you would like to listen to the collection from this episode or find out more information about Paradisec, the work we do, and the online catalogue, you can visit our website at www.paradisec.org.au. We would like to acknowledge the support of the Australian Research Council's Centre of Excellence for the Dynamics of Language and the University of Sydney, the University of Melbourne and the Australian National University.